Clay, as we revisit the augments in Cold Station 12, I'm a little bit more mm-hmm. impressed, and by that I mean less impressed with their clothing in this episode, which the bright lights of Cold Station 12 did no favors to. Uh, showed me every rip and tear of their fabric, although the one bit of clothing that they wear that I'd be interested to see some rips in, their underwear is intact. Her That female Augment's panties in her bedroom sex scene are the only piece of clothing that the Augments don't have any kind of holes in whatsoever. Yeah. Thoughts about their, this. Their and, loungewear. And a, and a, and a Rick Berman and a Rick Berman, uh, Rick Berman era <laughs> Star Trek show. How did this get through his his eyes? Manny, I left the show for a reason, and why you, you bring the underwear back? And it doesn't feel right with him not on the show anymore. It doesn't. <laughs> I, I think that might that might be the last time I do it for a while. That's. Oh, I was, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> with um, I thought the um the last you got, one you did. You got my message about making sure that the the shirts had holes in it, so you could see all the side boob. <laughs> <laughs> the last, uh, I think the last Berman you did was, um, it was a Manny script and it had Rick, Rick talking to Manny instead of, uh, Brandon, but it ended it with, it yeah, ended it with, weird. it ended with when is Brandon coming back, which I think is like the fun, the best <laughs> way to send out the Rick, Berman, the Rick Berman voice, but his, uh, yeah, his that, fingerprints, this, this, his, this episode's, this episode's Rick Berman voice is, uh, is akin to the. The crew coming back for the beginning of Generations. It doesn't quite feel right, but it had to be done, I suppose. <laughs> He's just not that interested in the material at this point. So we're going to be talking no. about... I, I, did, I did notice that, yeah, her the loungewear seemed to be totally fine. Like, they just got it off the rack. Mm-hmm. But uh, their everyday attire was uh, uh, quite full of holes. And maybe that's just the style on, on Augment. I don't, I don't know. I don't really understand why they're not just dressed like Soong, who's wearing what I consider to be like civilian appropriate clothing. It's sort of like a, a light jacket and pants. There's no reason. I don't yes. really understand why they're wearing what they're wearing, quite frankly. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I think they'd actually be more intimidating if they were dressed like Soong, if they were dressed like normal people, you know, in like not, not yeah. like biker mice from Mars, except... Uh, real real life <laughs> versions of them or something they i don't i feel like it must be that they're since they're augments they're thinking wrath of khan and since everybody in wrath of khan looks like a extra from a rat video they had to yeah. to pay tribute to that i guess i don't know I, but I they guess were augments... they were marooned and i guess these guys are marooned but i just i don't right, understand sure, yeah i don't understand why their clothing is so tattered at this point like Khan's people never had a chance to change their clothing you know these these mm, these guys yeah. have had plenty of time to step into the wardrobe room and replicate some new clothing or something or whatever however they get clothes but anyway we're talking about cold station 12 right now it is the fifth episode of the fourth season of star trek enterprise it came out on november 5th 2004 it is two of three in the soong's augments arc it is two of nine in the overall augment arc it's written by michael bryant directed by mike vehar in universe date is unknown it's 2154 with a little bit of videotape from 2143 in this episode, Cold Station 12, Soong's augments take control of the medical facility containing more augment embryos and several dangerous diseases. Soong's augments is a real uh, vocal exercise warm-up thing to say. That's, that, that stretches every bit of uh, tongue muscle that you've got. This is part two or three. We're in the middle of a trilogy. And I will say, to kick this off, I don't know if you remember because it feels like it's been six months because we're recording uh, Enterprise so infrequently. I think... What we complained about in the previous episode, uh, whatever the hell that one was called, the one where they introduced some, uh, Borderland. Borderland, everything that was wrong about Soong in that episode, I will say that we were like, this is a trilogy. Maybe they'll fix things. I think that they fixed everything that's wrong with Soong in this episode. I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little bit wary of the fact that they don't do character work across multiple episodes like this to make the character seem a little bit more consistent or something but we complained that the mm-hmm. first part soon just seemed like he was just too evil for no particular reason he wasn't sympathetic enough and i think here i i really liked this episode i don't think it's great or anything like that but i i think that this one did some stuff that i don't think enterprise has ever done 
And a lot of it comes down to Spiner's portrayal of Soong and the writing for him here, where he actually feels like a person who has some um, uh, complexity to him. There's like a there's a little bit more of a compelling nature to him here than he was in Borderlands. But if you want to go with that, what do you think about Soong? If not, where do you want to go uh, for your leadoff? Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, I think his performance was a lot better. I think the writing for him was a lot better. Um, I didn't understand why they were playing him like Hannibal Lecter in the last episode. Uh, I understand completely why they play him the way they play him in this one, and I think it, he's a lot better for it. I think this episode is is much better than the first one. <clears throat> this much is one better. of the better start. Yeah. I think this is one of the yeah. I think this is one of the better Enterprise episodes we've seen in a while. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with it. Yeah, because I. You, you speak in like it is all kind of relative, but the the reason that I think it's better is because it comes back to soon. And I I was racking my brains trying to think of when the last time I don't I don't know if Enterprise has ever done an episode, or at least I can't remember it, where a scene takes place and a character has conflicting motivations about what they're doing to something. I don't think that yeah. ever happens yeah. on Enterprise. And I was like, this is the most depth I've ever seen from this show because Soong is forced to torture someone that he does not want to torture and is kind of like caught between a rock and a hard place of like, I hope this guy doesn't call my bluff, but I also have to do this to try to get the codes. These are my children. I have to do what is best for them. I don't think Enterprise has ever had a scene like that. Every Enterprise scene has been very clear cut about what a character wants and what they're trying to get to. And there's never been a... Archer in the airlock, maybe, but even then Archer wanted to throw that guy out, but he also wanted the information. There wasn't this, I can't do this moment with Archer that I thought Soong had here. Right. Yeah, and they usually, when they do get close to something like this, it's usually has Archer at the center of it, where he's in some sort of moral argument with the with the person on the other side. This one is just baked into the action of the story, where you've got Soong pre- presented with a situation that is trying his um, <clears throat> his morality versus uh, him his desire to get what he wants, completely independent of Archer. Like Ar- Archer's not involved. I mean, Archer is involved tangentially, but he's not like the linchpin in the middle like he usually is. He's not even and, there uh, for the yeah that the, whole the sequence, yeah. right? That whole sequence with Sung. Um, trying to get the codes i thought was was really great like i I was i was not expecting sung's portrayal to be that clearly conflicted um i thought he was going to play it a little bit more straight and 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 be a little bit more cliche with it and the way that they went i think is a lot more satisfying because you you do come away with this understanding that he is stuck in the middle of a, in a situation that he's kind of not prepared for. Yeah. Um, and isn't realizing that he's losing uh, control of the situation as it's moving along. Like he, he continues to think right. that he's in charge of things. He's the, uh, the Bane line. You think you think you have power over me or whatever. It's, it's that Spiner sort of disintegrating um, control of the situation throughout the whole episode. Yeah. And uh, I think maybe in retrospect, the best thing that the first episode did was set up uh, Malik. Is that his name? Yeah, the, Malik. the leader of the. Yeah, yeah. They set him up as being willing to do what he has to do to get what he wants, but I, I mean, they didn't do that that well. But I guess that's the best thing you could take from the first one is you know going into this that he's willing to kill people to to get what he needs. Um, I, I think the. I think that Spiner is like pretty good in this one. And in the first one, it felt like he was really not, yeah, he's great. If not mailing it in, but it's like the character is so limited that there's really nothing. He reminded me mostly of lore in the first episode. And there's, there's something to be said for like the fact that they cast him over and over again. And it's kind of clever. It, it hides the fact that an actor can only do so much by saying like, all the previous Soong behavior is represented in the androids that he builds later. Like he kind of captures his family history in these androids. So they act like them and stuff like that, which is cute and kind of fun. And I think that that's interesting enough, but I think here he's, he gives the best 
Because this is entirely what we were complaining about in the first part. They are this conflicted group of inventor scientists who want to do something, but always sort of open a Pandora's box when they when they try to do what they're mm-hmm. doing because they overestimate the amount of control that they'll have over the situation. And I think that where Noonien Soong is kind of a, a goofball, like wizard character, at least in TNG, uh, I think this guy's name is Arik. Arik Soong is... Um, more of a tragic figure because he's he's going to die, right? The, I, I assume the augments are going to kill him at some point. Malak Pro- seems like he's going to be someone yeah. who kills him, but he he's, he has a little bit of a tragic characterization to him, and I think that that's. Um, I just think that this episode, in complete contrast to the first part of it, just gave him a lot of places to go. Alternates between him having control of the situation, having something to say, and then not realizing how bad things are going. I think the downside to this one is that. In contrast to how well Soong is being developed, I think the augments are critically underdeveloped here. Like they're they're not really yeah, real people, yeah. and I think that it hurts the story overall. No, no, yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I'm still not even sure what they're after aside from just those embryos. I guess are they trying to start their own, make their own race? Yeah, world? save their is brothers the and sisters. Yeah, I I was I was thinking. About like three quarters of the way through this when they're like killing people to get these things and then Enterprise is willing to blow the place up to stop them from getting these things. A part of me did flash back to Khan where Khan was like, we just wanted to start our own our own place, man. We don't mm-hmm. want to. We just we're just trying to get out of everybody's hair. Right. We're not Leave trying to alone. be evil. Yeah, we just. Yeah, just leave us alone. And I kept thinking, like, what? What's the? What's stop? Why can't you just give them these things? Like, what's the big deal? <clears throat> um, so well, like, they come. They come dangerously the, close to making a anti-abortion argument in this. Interestingly, where Archer and Flocks are talking to each other, and right. they're like, "Why didn't you just yeah. get rid of these embryos?" And he's like, "Well, is that the right thing to do?" And Starfleet took yeah. a anti-abortion stance. They took a pro-life stance and they did not get rid of the embryos because they were life or they would consider them to be life at that point. And I, I, it's, um, yeah, I don't know why. I, I think that goes back to the augment thing. Like Malik is just kind of an asshole and that's the only thing that prevents them from just right. being able to leave because he wants to be a bad guy. And the script is just like, these guys have to be bad. They have to be one dimensional. Yeah. And, in contrast like to the his, argument about them, they, they can't back it up. Yeah. Like, his actions actually kind of makes... They, they make sense, like, rationally, if you're, going, if you're going on the logic of someone in his position that is willing to make sure that they have all their bases covered, <clears throat> his actions actually do work. They don't seem necessarily mustache-twirling evil, like... Sung isn't willing to torture that guy or possibly kill him to get the information. Malik is, uh, and even even the uh, the thing at the end where he uh, downloads all the viruses, I could see that as a as an understandable backup plan for yeah. anybody who comes after them. It's like, well, I've got all these things. You know, it's it's the uh, <clears throat> the. Uh, it's like North Korea talking about having a nuclear warhead. It's like, well, as long as they keep saying they have it, people are going to stop fucking with them. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they actually build it. Yeah. Um. So, his actions make sense, and I I think unfortunately, since they are so thinly drawn as characters, um, he ends up bleeding into over the top villainy, like when he shoots his brother and. Yeah. There's really no reason why he has to be such a dick when he beats up Archer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it, I think, yeah. And to go back to Sung for a second, um, I think the, the difference comes between the first episode and the second episode because we know who this character is in this episode. We know what he's about. We know how he's going to deal with these situations. In the first episode, and I, I remember, I think this was one of my criticisms of it, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Like they, it's it's Brent Spiner, sure, <clears throat> but I don't know anything about this guy who's been in jail for eleven years or whatever. They just and so they have to make you interested. So they give him this weird like um, Hannibal Lecter kind of vibe 
but none of it really sticks because I don't really know why he's such so dangerous because they haven't spent any time showing you what he's about. It's just sort of like throwing a bad guy in with the good guys and just kind of go with it. So yeah. it breeds the Federation more doesn't over like the top him. performance. Yeah, therefore he's bad. Right. But Starfleet. And so whatever. that breed and I, I feel like I, I feel like I can I can uh, I can empathize with Spiner in that where it's like I don't know what to do with this. They don't like him. I guess he's a bad guy. Yeah. And so he yeah. plays him like a bad guy. <clears throat> this one he's a lot more nuanced and uh you actually have an understanding or an idea of what his point is or what he's what he's about. So I think that is what leads it to a much more um <clears throat> considered performance. Malik, you were saying that he's kind of a dick to Archer. I, I think that the the augments are in a weird spot because I think that through that fight scene, they're trying to capture an homage and a kind of uh, energy from Khan versus Kirk there where sure, that sure, kind of yeah. interaction and hostility makes sense from Khan because he does not like Kirk. Like in Wrath of Khan, it's obviously because he wants revenge. And then Space Seed, it's because Kirk is trying to stop him from doing what he wants to do. Um the augment problem to me here is that, and I don't even know if Khan really represents this, but I think the performance from Montalban implies it. The augments don't come across like they're superior to humans in any way, except that they can beat you up. That's like the only advantage that they have. So they're not like, I, I know that they wanted to focus on soon. Khan here. has a working knowledge of classical literature. He, he does. He's well read. The, the, Yes. In the in the torture sequence here, right? I I understand that they want Soong to have a lot of agency and to be the central part of it, but I feel that you could you could probably if you wanted to play up the augment side, Malik has to kind of push him in this direction a little bit more than just being antagonistic yeah. about it. Like it's like this is the only way sure, we have to do sure. it. Uh I'm th- I'm playing 40 chess while you guys aren't thinking about anything. The augments are just a bunch of CW actors who are not very good wearing ripped clothing and they are strong. That's all they have going for them. And the the yeah. like the the um the context or the way that they're presented is that they're supposed to be it's the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh like what are you better at everything. You know, like that it's supposed to embody that kind of a thing and I don't see them ever ever outthinking anybody the way that they're portrayed here. Like Archer always has the upper hand intellectually over them, which I think is a mistake. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I think that that that's a, that is a general problem with any augments that they, they have in Star Trek is that I think Montauban looms so large that uh, it's difficult to actually flesh them out. They never really bothered to do that. Yeah. Um, and that, that fight, did remind me of something you would see in in original series Star Trek, even down to uh, one of those weird movements where Malik's got like both of Archer's arms and he kind of like does a big windmill. Yeah. And then Archer just kind of like squeezes his arms to his body and goes, <laughs> and he falls over. It's like, I don't even know what that movement is or why it would hurt, but yeah. okay. My favorite it was the like uppercut. a very 60s fight scene. The uppercut to Archer that like knocks him into the wall against the light. <laughs> Like he falls back down. It's all this apparently won like an Emmy or something for its uh, effects work, which I thought was funny. But I actually think I was thinking about it like um, I think that Khan in that's another thing too. I mean, I guess he's he's obviously toying with him on purpose, but like if this were if this were uh, uh, quote unquote real life in this situation, an augment would like dodge his punches twice and then kill yeah. him with one punch. Right. And, and there would be no <laughs> reason uh, to keep but, him alive. It's like the, that Bondi right. villain thing wouldn't really exist. It's like, there's no upside for me to allow you to keep living. So I'll just take care of you now. I was thinking like, right. I actually think the intellect of the augments is best portrayed in into darkness actually, because Khan there actually sets up a fairly complicated plan that maybe is a little bit too complicated in reality, but it like it causes yeah, arguably too complicated. It causes a lot yes. of stuff to happen. But at least it makes it seem like he's thinking ahead in what he's doing and being like, if I do this, uh, the Federation will react this way, and then I'll do this, and then that'll happen. The augments here don't really have anything like that. It's when you were saying they're downloading the, the the viruses as protection. It just felt like you almost expect them to do something more with it or something like that. Yeah, I Khan's plan in Into Darkness, as complex as it is, I still find it really funny that 
even after all of its complexities, it still starts with, what if I show up with a gun and just start shooting? Yep. Yep. Just to just to just to trigger the trigger these dominoes to fall down, yeah. So I, I don't think that they've ever portrayed them well, um, which is strange yeah. because as like well, you think that as a writer well, you like them, and uh, so far we'll see what happens with that Noonien Singh oh sure uh, crew member on crew Strange member. New Worlds, <laughs> the crew member who just has an unfortunate last name. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be the um. She I get run. that a lot. I get it a lot. It's no relation. It's just it was a very common name in that section of India at the time. It's um, you actually share a, na- a last name with a, a famous Trek novelist, which is funny. Una Una. Do McCormick. I? Yeah, yeah. She writes a lot of the Discovery oh. books that are coming out now. Um, the hell was I going to say about this? The um, Soong's. I mean, the the, the augments are. The arguments are just blanks, which I, which is surprising to me because from a, a writing perspective, you think that you'd actually be interested in writing for these guys, but that doesn't really seem to be. Sure, yeah. It doesn't really seem to be the case. They're more interested in Soong, in which I think is acceptable. Um, anything else about those guys? I don't really. Yes. I, Go I ahead. do want to talk about uh, Chet, Chet the Forgotten. Oh, yeah. The forgotten augment. Who's, Udar. Who has, <laughs> Udar. What? What is the? What's the name from Nicholas Nickleby? Is it? It's uh, like Skitch Smigel? or something. Yes, yeah, Smeagol. It's um. I, I'll, I'll I look it up. I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it. I thought I. I kept thinking that they were saying Smigel, like Robert Smigel, the comedy writer. Um, <clears throat> when they showed the picture of his parents. And his dad looks like Matt Berry from What We Do in the Shadows. Like he looks like a 17th century vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I, it, 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 it's saying something that in an, in an episode where they've written the augmented super soldiers as incredibly bland, they actually managed to write the one who isn't augmented as even more bland than they are. His name is Smike. He, I thought he was Smike. Smike. I, Smike. I, I think. <laughs> I thought he was kind of amazing <laughs> casting because he's supposed to be the less yeah. less than impressive augment. He's the most doughy faced, awful hair character that you can cast. And it's like, wow, this guy yeah. is so thoroughly a four out of ten that it's like amazing that they managed to cast him. He's like a perfect casting. I actually don't really understand what the point of this character is. I don't I don't know what he tells me about anybody in in the story. I don't know. Like Soong is kind of likes him, but he likes all of them. I don't need him to feel yeah. bad for the, like the handicapped augment. And Archer tries to use him to get to Soong, but it doesn't work. He just gets killed by Malik. I don't know if that would have worked if uh, they hadn't failed taking over the station or whatever. But what do you think about Udar, the, the great Udar, the great? Um, <laughs> Smike, Smike. Uh, I, I, I don't know why he came like in a practical sense, why he came on that mission with them. I, I understand that he's probably going to be the, the wedge issue when it comes to the split between Sung and, and uh, <clears throat> Malik. So that, that's really the only reason I can think of having him there because he's, he's, he was outcast by the augments because he's not superpowered. Whereas Sung loves all of his children and believes that, even the super the non superpowered ones should be considered, and uh, Malik doesn't believe that. I I don't know why he needed to shoot him. Like it doesn't seem like they had. I don't yeah. know. It just seemed seemed weird that uh, <clears throat> he went out of his way to shoot him. Even when he died, he died like a like a doughy <laughs> underwritten dope because <laughs> he was just he's just laying there like half half reclined against the wall and then they shoot him in the shoulder and he just goes just goes Bleh. yep no he he died as he lived unimpressively I, I i don't know i actually don't know i don't even know if it really if it works for soong's characterization here because soong has been portrayed as i was viewing and I think it makes more sense for the character if he views the augments as his children more as an extension of his like professional work that he's done. 
It's less that he cares about them as a human rights issue to me. The reason he likes them is because they are the living embodiment of what his work has trying to been for his entire life. So sure. I view him sure. as more professionally a father to them than actually. And in the way that I viewed Soong, even though I don't think he's a horrible person, I don't see that he would have a special connection to the not genetically special augment. You know, I, I just don't, I think that he would actually view him as, I wish you had been genetically superior because that would approve that this is all worth it in the long run. So I, I thought it was just a not effective um, storyline to give that Udar character because I don't know who benefited from seeing him at all. I don't feel like anyone benefited from it. So so you think that Sung should view them more like a family in the way where like a corporation says we're all family but then they'll still lay you off and get and take away your health insurance at Christmas kind of yes. thing? Yes. It's a very it's a very it's a very like startup. It's a startup family where we can't pay you a lot of money but we'll consider you family. We'll have some pizza parties and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. I I think that works for him. Yeah, like cuz I I thought that they did a very effective job of making Soon sympathetic but also still clearly wrong in what he's doing here and that would have just played into that uh dichotomy between the the character a little bit more um even so even still i th- i think it's i think it's well done in that what he is actually trying to do i don't think is necessarily bad like i said they're just trying much like khan himself he's like we're just trying to find a place to live the way he's got to go about to do it isn't great Maybe he could have done it more di- with more diplomacy or something. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, less less but, um Yeah, um, but the actual outcome that he's looking for is not something where you, as a as a viewer, can go, "Oh man, we can't ever let him do this because that would be terrible." Half the episode, I was thinking, even in the episode, they're kind of like, "Would it really be that bad?" Yeah, um, and I think that's what makes him. That's what makes it so interesting. I I mean it. Maybe maybe there's a the problem there I think that you're getting at is that there's this there's kind of a lack of reason for Archer to be going after the augments outside of Starfleet wants them to do it, which I assume is because the embryos are so dangerous that they're like a weapon of mass destruction. They can't be allowed to come about because the second eugenics war will take over the galaxy or whatever. Um mm-hmm. I I think that the I think that's supposed to thematically relate to the argument that Archer has or the discussion Archer has with flocks here, which is kind of a tie back to the first episode where we were saying that like uh, soon it's interesting that the Starfleet took such a hard line on him because his genetic work seems to have so much promise for it. And flocks brings that up in this episode saying that he's kind of brilliant and it's unfortunate that he was uh, locked away and wasn't allowed to do the stuff like that. Archer has the thing about my father died of a genetic disease when I was 12. If this guy had been allowed to do some work on him, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Um, one criticism I think is that that core uh, debate I think is really interesting and I think is a good Star Trek uh, place to go and talk about. I don't think through two episodes they've really paid that much attention to it in a satisfying way. Like it comes to it's, yeah. it sort of ties into the pro life argument about it. Like I feel there's a lot to unpack in what they've done to the augments and whether or not this is good or why people think it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. They discuss it, but it's one of those enterprise philosophical debates where Archer kind of brings it up and everyone goes, huh, that's something to chew on. And then they all break apart and go, you know, go separate ways in, at the end of the scene. And it's like, well, what does anyone else think about that? What do you what do you think? Yeah, it does seem like they keep kicking the can a bit. Um, but on the other hand, I don't. Weirdly enough, I don't really think that's what these episodes have been about. Like they are definitely more action oriented Star Trek episodes that have a um, a root in this kind of philosophical discussion. But I wouldn't say they are philosophical discussion episodes yeah i, I would agree um yeah. they're very enterprise may, episodes maybe still. it comes up yeah definitely definitely yeah. maybe it comes up more in the third episode i don't know but uh it feels kind of appropriate that they are kind of just bringing it up in passing because like if 
that that's not the that discussion they're having is is really only something that they're kind of considering as they go to the rest what the actual story and plot is it's yeah. it's it's part of it but it's not the focus like they're not there to uh enforce um <clears throat> laws about what constitutes a, a human life or right. whatever that's not what yeah. they're thinking about it they're considering it it's an interesting conversation but that's not why they're there yeah yeah, I would agree. It's it's kind of interesting how we're only five episodes into the fourth season, but there is a definite difference in the show this year. Like, I think down to production of how things mm. look, it's obviously shot differently, and there's a lot more close-ups, as we mentioned. Um, I think that it's, on the whole, I would say that it's written more thoughtfully. I think like I think that I can see what they're trying to do in the episodes in a way that I think earlier yeah. episodes of Enterprise yeah. I didn't really think that got across but at the same time they haven't really abandoned what makes Enterprise its version of Star Trek which is that it's a lot of action and um not much not much discussion or if there is discussion, I don't feel like it's like, this is good yeah. script writing that they're doing right here. Like this is good character dialogue between two, two foils to each other. It's still largely action based. And maybe all that they're doing is they're relying on previous existing Canon to kind of fill in the character blanks that you have in your mind. You go, I know the augments. I know what Khan was like. I can imagine these guys are like that. So I don't know if there's much, I'm sure more will develop in this season, but it has been a takeaway that it's definitely a different show this year, but it's not as different as I yeah. thought it potentially could have been. It still feels like a enterprise show at its core. Well, I wonder if part of it is that they actually have realized what kind of a captain Archer is, and he's not really the captain who's going to have the philosophical argument. Yeah. You know, he's it's kind of not what he's built for. Um do I do I need the episode to hinge on Archer letting everybody know what his stance on reproductive rights is? Mm-hmm. I'm probably not. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that would really land the way they want it to. Yeah. Uh, but what he has to do here, I think he's perfectly suited for, where he has this kind of um, philosophical backing to the actions that he's taking but it's not like the like i said it's not the forefront of of what he's doing he's he's going he's got a mission to to do to uh, accomplish and that's what he's going to do he and he's he's not just a straight shoot 'em up captain he is considering things a bit more than just going in guns blazing at least in this episode yeah yeah um but i don't i don't know if he's really built to have those kinds of big uh, discussions or philosophical swings the way yeah. that some of the other ones are the way like Cisco or Picard is yeah like I, just, I feel like he's almost kind of like what Riker would be if he Riker was a captain I don't know if I really want to hear have Riker giving me philosophical right. uh, uh, thematic breakdowns every episode yeah he doesn't really seem built for that yeah no Archer definitely wouldn't square off well against soon in this I don't think and it, that's like that almost makes me a little bit disappointed about the augment of not being in more intelligent because I feel that Archer is the easiest captain to for the augments to get one over on. Like I feel that that's actually writing mm-hmm. the character fairly well is that these augments are better than Captain Joe Blow, which is what Archer kind of is. You know, Archer's just a, a regular guy, really. He's the most regular guy of all the captains. Um, and the augments had a space to go there they won't go there. I think I think the only mm-hmm. downside of it that it's not changing is that I'm still not super impressed by Enterprise Combat. You know, it's like, all right, whatever. Like this is Sure. I don't feel sure. that they do it tremendously yeah. awful here and it's more interesting because the augments are strong and they can punch them all across the room and stuff like that, but I still <clears throat> I, I this one struck the combat struck me as interesting if only because I think they were deliberately going for the space seed fight in engineering between Kirk and Khan. Like, it felt like that was the kind of fight mm-hmm. that they were doing, except Archer loses in this one. Um, that's about it, though. Yeah. But I thought, it was, I thought it was good. Otherwise, it's just, it's more more action. And I I feel that the third part is going to be heavily action, which I'm not really looking forward to. I feel like this might have been the peak of the trilogy. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that'll be interesting, because I... 
th- there's not so what makes me think it might not be well i don't know because i mean like usually a third part of something like this you can kind of see what they're driving at like what's the end goal how is they how do they need to be stopped but that doesn't really again like what they're doing isn't like a life or death situation really they're not like it's not like you have to stop the the zindi from getting the the giant ball weapon to earth or anything you know what i mean sure well it's what's just the, sort of sorry like we what's have the to, what's the ticking time bomb here they have to get them before the klingons do something right there's a oh is that the case i i think there's something to do with the klingons don't the klingons want them because they were prison, or because of the what they stole the ship or something, and they're going they, to in the first. I mean, probably. I, th- I think that's <laughs> I would, what's going on. I would on. think so. Yeah, they don't really yeah. stress that. But quite even so, well like, bit, yeah, yeah. The 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 big the big ticking ticking clock at the end of this episode is saving the people on the station before the station blows up or the all the uh, diseases get released. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it seems like it's just it would just be a chase with. Um, I could see the next episode being more inter or inter inner interpersonal. I can never remember which one's which. Anyway, yeah, interpersonal drama with with Sung and the the uh, uh, augments and stuff because they they've clearly set that up to be the the big explosion point in the next episode that, that's funny um, because i'm actually least yeah, interested in soon soon talking to the augments i feel that archer i feel it's i feel it's soon talking to archer that's interesting to me you know because there's i mm-hmm. the the art the, the conversation between the augments and soon will fall back on what i think the only way they can go is that i'm your father and they'll say you're not our real father, and then they'll stab him in the chest. You know, like I feel like that's the way that that relationship ends. Um, mm-hmm. But Soong and Archer, I feel there's an argument to be hashed out, which ties into the thematic relevance of what whether or not what Soong is doing is the right thing to do. And Archer has the opposite point of view there. I think I I just don't I don't yeah. see that happening in the last episode. I feel it's going to be a lot of. I don't know anything about it, but I feel like soon could potentially die very early in it. And then it's Archer and the enterprise chasing down the bird of prey with the augments on it as they try to do something. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible. I feel like that's a waste of Brent Spiner. If you do that Mm. though. So I'm going to, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that soon sticks around for the majority of the episode. Uh, Because at the very least until they get to talk about the new genics war in which, (laughs) Doug Flutie and Frank <laughs> Thomas were fighting each other over the half of the world that had low testosterone. Is Doug Flutie a part of that? Really? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Wow. That's too bad. Ladies ladies love it, too. Yeah. <laughs> is that part of his ad line? The ladies love it? Or is that... I thought that was Frank yeah, Thomas yes, or something. Yeah. <laughs> One of them says it. Yeah, yeah. Well, eugenics. Maybe not for us. There's There's one of those... The the version of that commercial that's been on recently is uh, Flutie and Frank Thomas are playing golf, and they start talking to this random guy about eugenics. And there's these two women <laughs> who are like also there. Sure. And then Frank Thomas at the end is like, "And trust me, she'll like it too." And then they kind of like chuckle or whatever. I really want one of the women to be like, "I don't know this guy. I came over because it's Frank <laughs> Thomas and Doug Flutie." I. Are, are they golfing with them? Are they like testosterone? Like beverage cart? I don't know. They're just, they're just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. You know the ladies what they like. Yeah, yeah. That's too bad. Low T, baby. Gotta Low get that T up. Bunch of yeah, bunch of beta males, scumbags. Um, I don't think I don't think I have any. There's nothing to talk about on the Enterprise here. Interestingly, the Enterprise is just trying to get to the the planet. Um, do you have anything to say about who's them? the Who's the member of the Enterprise in, in the show Enterprise who would be most likely to have low T and want to get on eugenics? Reed. Who would fall for that commercial? Reed. Reed. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say it's Reed. It's Reed. Yes. <laughs> I could what, see it maybe being Mayweather where it's like have you seen he's his, just a normal guy and then all of a sudden he's like, you know, yeah, you know, but, but, but I'm on this thing, eugenics. And it's like, I'm what? He's he's too muscular. Reed, Reed doesn't have the, Yeah, he's pretty ripped. He doesn't have yeah. the physique. I, I think that... 
Reed will start taking eugenics and he'll get that beard that he got in that future episode where they all showed up 20 years later <laughs> and just as uh, extremely, yes. extremely alpha. I, I think it would be, I think it's definitely Reed. Hoshi Reed, would take it if she were me. We haven't seen each other in 20 years. We haven't seen each other in 20 years. I can tell by your beard. Your T is much higher than it used to be. <laughs> Dr. Flox doesn't need to scan him at all. Um, <laughs> most, most, we can go out on this, I guess. Most writerly moment, artificially connecting Flocks to the doctor to give a personal stakes to him <laughs> sure. when he gets yeah. tortured. And the guy will be like, I didn't like that other guy, but I can't have yeah, Flocks. Yeah, he really with the didn't same. care about that other dude, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was like 15 minutes of watching yeah. that guy's blood boil. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you shit. And they, they like pinch Flocks. And he's like, All right, leave him alone. Leave him alone. I will give you everything yeah. you need. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of reading between the lines about the <laughs> interpersonal relationships on that station. Just a close-up on Reed going... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that actor, though. How do you pronounce Is it Richard Really? Real? Richard Real? Something like that? Oh, I don't actually... I don't know what his... I've never learned his name, actually. Yeah, he's a, he's a great character actor, obviously, but he... um. The first time you see him, this he turns around with big office space energy. <laughs> He's like, "The reports yeah, are yeah. done," and you, it's like, oh, "That's good." <laughs> yeah, that was the most. Uh, that was the most writers pulling the strings there. That we need to give this guy some reason to crack at some point. We'll have him be best friends with Flocks. Well, the I will give them credit yeah, though. It's, it's fine, whatever. I, I will give them credit when they first introduced it. When Archie's like, you know that this guy is on the station, I was like, oh, something bad went down between Flocks and this guy. But that's not the case. They're just, they're good friends. He just introduced it very uh, well, strangely. He's, he's been in the show before, hasn't he? No, I don't think so. That doctor? No. Is he not, is he not the guy who Flocks writes letters to? Oh, is that the guy that Flocks? I, I can look that up. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I thought maybe, but I thought that guy's name was different. Maybe it is the same. What the hell is this, this guy's name? You could be right there. I can't find the, doc, the doctor. Oh, maybe that. I'll go down to the bottom here. It's uh, the guest star and is... For anybody who's listening who's not a Patreon subscriber. Jeremy Lucas. There was only a two-point difference in our, in our trivia battle that we had last they week. They did. That is the guy. You would have gotten that question right. So that's the guy yeah. he's writing to in Dear Doctor. Boom. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. I I under uh, I underestimated the show. So that's a decent callback there. Archer should have gone, remember the, in the episode Dear Doctor Flocks when you were writing those letters and I would have been able to connect the dots. All right. How come, how come I can remember that? I don't know. But I can't remember what happened like two episodes, or what ago. the name of the planet in uh, Omega Glory is to uh, to our uh, to our chicken. Yeah, I don't know. You would have you would have cleaned a little taste for the uh, uh, non patrons. You would have cleaned house in that trivia contest we had the other day if you'd only been asked Enterprise questions because you got every single Enterprise. Apparently, <laughs> so you have been paying attention. Yeah, I guess so. All right, let's wrap it up there. Somewhere in my brain. Thank you very much, patrons, for listening to the show. Or thank you very much to everybody for listening to the show. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash Lipensky file. It's the best way to do it. A couple bucks a month, you get extra podcasts. We're talking about Tombstone this month, the uh, Kurt Russell Western. We did a trivia contest, Me versus Clay. That is up on the Patreon right now. You can check that out. This is coming out much later, so we'll see uh, what else there is. We could be in the next month already. There's all kinds of stuff. You get access to polls. You decide what we talk about. There are... Uh, behind the scenes things. There is little conversations in the Discord that only captains can access. And as always, our captain tier supporters. Amanda and I are covering oh, that's right. Friday the 13th. Yep. I'm not involved with that. I always forget about it. But they're doing every single movie in the Friday the 13th <laughs> series. And they're up to episode 10, mm-hmm. 9 or 10 right now. I think 10 will be coming out uh, when this sep- comes out. Wow. Will this be October when this comes out? I think out? so. Yeah. We're like two weeks away. Yeah. Holy crap. She, ugh, don't tell me that September needs to be longer. Yeah, so that'll be uh, sep- not, the, September will have been Jason goes to hell, and, and October will be uh, Jason X, which go. I am very excited about because I don't actually think I've ever seen. So, 
You guys can get all of that and more at patreon.com slash the Penske file. And as always, our captain tier supporters get a special thank you. A special thank you goes to Samuel Custer, Tark Latif, Joint Mango, Kyle Barrett, Mike Burnett, Andrew Cherlog, Matt Ross, Christian Pouch, Michael Pond, Matt Cutler, Nick Sergi, Grim Santo, Sean Bradley Killens, Brandon Howells, Dwayne Hackett, Vault 13 Hero, Kevin Reyes, Jordan Cooper, Russell Elledge, Stephen Minton, HH28, Darth Moss, Derek Zajak, Paul Roscoe, Jake123, Poindexter G, Patrick Seba, Dave Davies, Johnny Franceschi, Mike Harris, Captain Brazen, Eric Antoine, Jakey's Gamer, Kevin Lowry, Corey Martin, William Scheisler, Rayhan Jaffer, Nick the Rat, Dizbretta, Soylent Blue, Zane Majors, Olivier Pardieu, Ed Mark Stark, Grapple John Zorn, Retail, Tom Hickey, Jose Hunters, EWNF Remixes, Captain McMunchausen, James McLennan. The next page says Beal, Jonas, Tommy Tango, Tuvix Must Die, Chris McLaughlin, and Mutilated Puppet. Thank you very much, everybody, for supporting the show. Now we'll go to patron thoughts. If you support the show at the $5 and up level, you can leave your thoughts on Patreon about upcoming episodes. We read them. Matt Ross says Cold Station 12. The second part of a very long, slow, ponderous con homage or remake is hard to watch from its pacing to the downer music cues throughout, and it raises some weird questions like why are there only two security guards on this base? Why did Nobulans ply space like the St. Bernard Sheepdogs? Glad I don't work for Dr. Lucas. He seems to only have concern for main characters. And then we have Action Archer fighting the feathered-haired, over-enunciated augments and another homage, but to the Andromeda strain, two ripped uniforms out of five. If you think that this episode was plodding and ponderous, I don't know what to tell you. Did he say plodding? Because this is about as... Oh, he did say ponderous, yeah. This is about as well-paced an episode of this show I think there could be as far as, like, keeping things moving, doing some interesting stuff, having some good scenes, and, like, keeping it tense by the end. I don't know if you're going to get better than this, honestly. To, um... I do want to stress it in case I didn't stress it enough. My The scenes on the space station in this episode are maybe some of my favorite Enterprise scenes that they've ever done. And interestingly, yeah. the yeah. main cast is not in much of it. it. Or if they are, they're like locked in that glass <laughs> room and they can't do anything about it. Um, I thought it was really good. I really like the space station stuff here. I think it's two good actors, well-constructed scenes, complexity to what's going on where characters are doing things that they don't necessarily want to do. They, uh, they feel bad for the doctor character who's watching his coworkers get tortured, but it's like, I can't give these assholes all these biological weapons. What am I going to do? It was good stuff. Rayhan Jaffer says, Cold Station 12, an interesting tribute to the 1993 film Homeward Bound, this episode where Porthos is left on the surface of a planet during a recent mission and finds his way back to the Enterprise on a series of merchant ships is surprisingly heartwarming. The choice to have William Frake's voice Archer's Beagle is a little confusing if you're familiar with Riker, but the multiple jokes about the leg humping make it clear the show is somewhat self-aware. The B-plot where Trip takes a micro-spanner to the forehead and engages in a series of Phineas Gage-style antics doesn't seem to have any thematic relevance at all, but it was a fun romp even if the catfish scene was disturbing as hell four brain damaged floridians out of five it's another discord joke discord ah it's where people people need to be to get uh raised jokes nick the rat says cold station 12 why is flox calling the poor dude smike what a jerk what a schmirk when does this when does this soon have time to have kids that's uh, that's a good question is this soon the father of the other soon children i guess or do all of his brothers look like him and he you know what I mean? Because he has oh, to have that's offspring. That's a great question, yeah. yeah. If he is the father, no I guess idea. he can't die in the next episode unless they specifically mention that he has kids, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if they care. but Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe the Sung family just has strong genes. It might be. They might be just families of identical twins and triplets the whole way down. It's just everybody looks exactly the same. Why do, possible. Why do science vessels travel around with no security? Then to top it all off, Archer calls the poor dying dude Smike as well. Is everyone on Enterprise at schmassholes? Two deadly viral infections out of five. So the one thing I did want to mention is they their transporter, when did their transporter get 22 million mile range? Because they were flying towards the place, and then Mayweather's like, we're, we, we're 22 million miles away, sir. And then they get stopped by uh, uh, by Sung there, and then they just back up a little bit and transport it. Why didn't they just transport everybody <laughs> to begin with? <laughs> have they given up completely on you can't transport people in this series? I think they I have, guess. right? Yeah. yeah. The Enterprise stuff on the ship was a little bit janky in that sense. Like, there was also... 
when they decide when the uh, uh, self-destruct thing doesn't work and they decide to fly in and blow it up um, and they all of a sudden get ambushed by the birds, bird of prey. Yeah. Like nobody considered that there was a still of bird of prey out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like I think there they, wasn't might, even, they might talk about it. But uh, they once don't, again, yeah. once again, T'Pol is not a good commander. She should not be put in charge of this ship. Well, she's still... Every time she's in charge, something goes wrong. She's still all emotional about everything. Like, they, they aren't really talking about it, but it's clear in her performance that's what's supposed to be going on. What a what a dumb plot line that they just need to get rid of to dump that thing because it, it's given her... It's saddled her with yeah. this pointless personality quirk that adds literally nothing to anything she does except makes her... Whenever she's in a scene and someone else is talking, she's always... Got like deeply concerned eyes looking at them like that, and it's just like this is a this is a waste of time. Kyle Barrett says, "Gold Station Twelve, aka the most brightly lit st- uh, space station ever put to film." Sorry, digital. My favorite Very episode bright. of this arc. This one mixes some cool action with contemplative scenes, like Archer talking to Flocks about whether any good can come from Soong's work in the pain of his father's illness. I'm a sucker for hostage episodes of any series, and until the lame cliffhanger, each action beat and torture moment shines light on the characters and their dynamics. A Soong family member raising a bunch of outcast, unique, and superior children on a planet is a total parallel with Picard, which, if you still haven't figured it out yet, is a decent show. That's enough of Kyle's comment. <laughs> I wonder if soon came up with the names of the augments himself or if they were written on a test tube because who in their right mind calls the child Udar for lab leak theories being deleted by Facebook out of five. Um, yeah, I mean, he's clearly more of a... I see the parallel more with um, Noonien. Like, the, the parallel there is very clear where these children that he makes are androids in Noonien's case and uh, Arik soon makes a eugenics characters but i agree with kyle up until the um picard comment picard is better than discovery but picard picard was not a good not a good show is it though is picard better than discovery i i think it yeah. is. yeah i think it is yeah i guess <laughs> probably yeah you're probably right <laughs> it's i think i just it might benefit from only one season Picard just ended up yeah yeah, it just uh, left a bad taste in my mouth. I think, Cause, yeah, because of because of it was because it was a Picard show, and that's true. There's more in the uh, line. Yeah, there's more in the line with the yeah. Picard series. So, I after season two of Picard airs, I might reverse my opinion about it. But I, you know, someone I saw someone mention. I can't remember if I saw it on Discord or on Twitter. Someone brought up a really good question. Which is, are they going to? So the the plot of Picard seems to be they go back to the twenty first century, I guess, to save money. Um, are they going to per- portray the twenty first century the way they portrayed it in in Deep Space Nine, which is having uh you know the sanctuary oh yeah the or, sanctuary, or areas yeah. and Gabriel, stuff and, what's it, Gabriel whatever that guy's name Gabriel Bell the Bell Wars or whatever they call yeah them. with everything all messy and fucked up and everything or is this just going to be we need to save a couple bucks so now what if picard was on ncis <laughs> picard asking everybody to download whatsapp on their communicators so they can freely communicate across the planet <laughs> there was there was a shot in that trailer of when they go back to the 21st century of like an suv peeling out into traffic yes and it looked exactly like every other show CBS has ever made in the last ten yeah. years, and it made me really worried that it was just going to be. Oh, we have to. It's the. It's it's like Picard showed up today, without the charm of Voyage Homer. It does. They yeah, they have yeah. really lost something. Where it's the same with um. What were we talking about? The oh the the new Matrix thing where, the original Matrix trilogy had this like look to it and. You could almost say that the reason it looks so fake in its combat is because they're in a fake computer program. Like, it's almost an intentional choice to be like, we're, we're in sure. this fake world and our combat looks ridiculously fake and stylized at the same time. But the modern, mm. the new Matrix, just from that trailer, just looks like it's that generic CG sheen on things that, like, most action-y CGI-based yeah. movies have at this point. And that's how the Picard trailer felt. It felt like every cop CBS show that you've ever seen where it's just like a low yeah. camera as the SUV yeah. is driving at it and stuff like that. It doesn't, th- these shows don't feel like they have a, um, 
a tone, a production tone that is unique to them or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Kyle, for your comment. Oops. Thomas Darnell says, kind of a weak follow-up to the first in the arc. Okay, the augments are evil. Soong is less evil. The augments are like the augments like their red clothes and will not change them. What did Soong think these kids were going to be anyway? You're so much better than these pathetic people you've never met. Please don't kill them. Three out of five. Latte Librarian, would like to see Persis kill Malik and take over the augments. She seems more interesting than he is. Three hostages out of five. Grappler John Zorn says, when I taught junior high school, I always wanted better comment codes for the report cards. Stuff like, don't threaten stuff if you're not willing to follow through on it. Also, your kid's a dick. Three plus one out of five with the bonus point for mining all of those disease names from previous Trek. That would have been interesting trivia. They did all the diseases that they mentioned are previously existing stuff, which is just a, a nice way to fit in continuity oh. or whatever. You want to call it Easter eggs like that? There you go. Yeah. Royo says, you know, my problem with this show, Wes, is that it's constantly just references, 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 and the really jokes is. just aren't funny. Well, <clears throat> wait till the next, uh, the next episode where Soong is raped by Magato to really, to really <laughs> change your opinion. Yeah, that's, that is an ending that I don't think either of us will have seen coming. <laughs> so uh, get ready for it. Lower decks. Royo says yeah. Enterprise mm-hmm. continues to deal with the debate on ethical pitfalls on transhumanism. The fundamental problem with this, however, is the depiction of the evolved human as space age caveman. Whereas Khan, way back in Space Seed, was sophisticated, charismatic, and manipulative and cunning, these Enterprise augments are not. Soong has to do the thinking for the augments, which unfortunately makes humanity appear far superior. Richard Real, it is it's R I E H L E. I think it's real or really was a welcome guest star, and it creates the amusing juxtaposition of savage cavemen beating up on a friendly scientist. Overall, the hostage situation in a biological warfare lab was interesting enough. However, this episode was way too horny for its own good, showing us the unnecessary detail that the augment underwear is intact, unlike every other piece of clothing. We Great minds think alike. Three out of five. Um, you know, that's actually, that is actually a really good point um, about the... Un- no, not the underwear. Um, about... <laughs> the how weird it is that the augments end up acting in a more uh a savage way yeah in like regressive way than the humans do <clears throat> because like you would think yeah if it was if all of these augments were super smart and super sophisticated it wouldn't be like lord of the flies it would be like it would be it would, they would show up and be like this is our council we reelect Every two years, right. we have term limits, and we have a constitution. We, you know, it'd be it'd be a lot more. <clears throat> there, there, there. It wouldn't be so much, you know, ripped shirts and headbands. It would be more like, you know, business attire. And I've uh, written, I've written a five hundred page dissertation on why you should give me these codes. I'd like you to read it before we commence any further communication yeah. with each yeah. other. They would beat. They would beat you with paperwork. Yeah. They wouldn't shoot you to death. They would beat you with paperwork, and they would show up to that. They would show up to that uh, space station with all the necessary permits and a uh, uh, overturned case from the Supreme Court to get those embryos legally. I suppose there's an interesting way you can go where the augments, being better than humans in virtually everything, the augments are naturally aggressive because it's an amplification of something that's innate to humans. It's kind of like an anti-Vulcan thing. Um, I, sure. I could see that being the case. I don't think they ever bring that up. But outside that, I don't mind the augments being violent with people. I just wish there was more of a clever use of the violence that they would do. It wasn't just them punching people or like torturing people or whatever. I wish there was... I didn't mind the torture, but I... I I just want them to use violence when they're back up against the wall and it's the only way that they can go forward, kind of. I don't I don't mind that for them, um, as a yeah. as a piece of this franchise or whatever. It's it is really interesting how the the kind of like survival of the fittest mentality in fiction and honestly in real life is always portrayed as like the biggest, the toughest, the, the strongest, and not necessarily the smartest. Where um, any, you know, like Apocalypse in X Men, he's all about survival of the fittest, and he's always like, you know, the strongest will survive, and it's always like literally the strongest. Yeah, right. And it's it 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 it, 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 it
I was just flipping channels and I, 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 it was on the Discovery Channel or something, and it was talking about cuttlefish. Stay with me here. <clears throat> the C U T T, right? Not, this, not cuttlefish, like the C U T T L E fish. Yeah, yeah, like the the the, the Cthulhu looking yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. the squiddy guys. Uh, and there were these. They were they were showing this situation where there was uh, a female cuttlefish and a male cuttlefish, and this male cuttlefish was like an alpha male cuttlefish, right? And then there was another male cuttlefish that showed up, who had the hots for the female, mm-hmm. but the alpha cuttlefish like wouldn't let him anywhere near so the the secondary cuttlefish <laughs> pretended to be a girl okay and the, the 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 big strong cuttlefish like was like okay if you're a chick you can come hang out and so let the cuttlefish in <laughs> and then he very quickly went over and had sex with his girlfriend <laughs> and that's survival of the fittest that guy gets that cuttlefish gets to propagate his species while the big tough alpha one looks like a fucking yep. cuckold yeah no that's <laughs> that's offensive with the new understanding of gender roles and stuff like that but the cuttlefish i guess will give them a break yeah i mean they would there would be i mean clearly humans demonstrate the intelligence over strength, right? Like we're not strong and we're not strong. We've dominated sure. this planet, but we're not in a position to be like a grizzly bear fighting a grizzly bear with our bare hands or anything like that. So it's, um, right. Right. Yeah. You'd, that is interesting. Like you, if you were to redo them just to strengthen the parts that make humans dominant on this planet, like cooperative and stuff like their cooperation is just like off the charts. Like they almost have like a telepathy or something that they know how to work well with each other. I don't know. There's, this place is to go, but Again, you could just rip their shirts and have them punch Archer, and I think that'll accomplish the same same thing. Sure. Rus- sure. Russell Elledge, final comment. Richard Reel, I'll keep saying that, just can't catch a break. First he gets hit by a truck in office space. Now he gets the shit beat out of him by a wannabe con. I like these season four stories. Closer to home and building the universe that we eventually will see in TOS on Ford. We eventually see in TOS going forward. You know, kind of like what a prequel is supposed to do. Thank you very much, patrons, for leaving your thoughts about Cold Station 12. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. If you want to support us, go there. Clay, on a scale of one to five, what are you going to give Cold Station 12? Uh, I'm going to give it a four. I thought it was really good. I think it was uh, one of the better ones I've seen in a while. And uh, if this is if this is the kind of heat they're bringing in season four, then keep it up. It's I wasn't I honestly wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was yeah. after the last one yeah i was the um, same i was kind of not but, looking forward to it i was like oh man i just want to get through this trilogy because i didn't like that first one i don't know what right. they're gonna do with it now yeah. yeah but yeah I, I you know i thought it was a great and i will see i guess they're all gonna are they you said they're all three parters or two or, or three two parters yeah, i think there's some this two season? is that the deal two or three it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out because i think i think you have a bit of um, a bit of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you've got a bit of a leg up being this the middle piece of a trilogy mm. where you can really kind of throw a bunch of shit at the wall and not necessarily worry about how it's all going to stick. You know? Yeah. Um, and so they did a this one. I think worked out really well. We'll see moving forward whether or not that that keeps up or, or how these things shake out uh, piece by piece but as for as far as single episodes go i was watching it with my girlfriend at the end she turned and looked at me and goes wow that one was actually really good yeah so i mean yeah yeah i i agree what I'm else gonna, do you need i'm gonna give it a four as well i think um i was pretty impressed with that i think spiner was really good in it i think that that Soong is an mm. interesting character he's become my favorite of the Soong characters i think not including data uh and stuff like that but of the um the human family. Uh I thought it was layered and compelling in a way that you know, I was I was sitting on the the chair just going like, oh, like it's going to happen in this lab sequence. Like is he, is soon actually going to kill right, this guy? Is right. that really going to like is he is he and he almost he do, he does kill the one scientist, I think, right? Even he tries not to, but he's already mm-hmm. too late yeah. and he he dies. So that's it. And I thought it was I thought that was neat. I thought it was um Interesting in a way that a lot of Enterprise episodes have not been interesting to this point. And I, I liked it. So I'll give it a four. That's it. We both give it a four. Yeah. That's it for Cold Station 12. We'll finish up this trilogy of Soong's Augments in the next episode, which is called The Augments, I think. 
That's it. Thank you very much. Support the show at patreon.com slash if you're so inclined. Otherwise, the shows continue. Lower Decks coverage alternating with Enterprise for the next few weeks until we're done with Lower Decks. And then back to Enterprise full time, I think, at that point. So, Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we go? Uh, keep checking out, if you are already, uh, Rotten Horror Picture Show and Badass Podcast. We are coming up on the end of uh, the Batman the Animated Series. We've only got a couple episodes left. And <clears throat> Rotten Horror Picture Show, we're trucking along. We have recently done The Invitation and Phantasm and 28 Days Later. So we're hitting some interesting ones right there. And on Patreon, Amanda and I, are, as I said before, are covering the Friday the 13th series where there are conveniently and maddeningly 12 of Friday the 13th. <laughs> There's only 12 of them. It suits our cause, but is really makes my, my head hurt from a it suits organizational the idea. standpoint. It suits the idea of a Gregorian calendar, but it does not fit the theme of the, uh, yes. the series. Yes. Yep. You want a baker's dozen if 13 is in the title, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it then. I've been on Twitch. I played a, a Star Wars or a Star Trek video game on Twitch for people. If you want to watch that, you can watch that. It was not a very good game, but it was fun. And thank you to everyone who joined that and watched that and helped me uh, play the game. Has there ever been a good no. Star Trek video game? No, there's never been one. That's really surprising. I don't think it's a franchise that can make a good video game. It's like the, yeah. the they have a VR game that's called Bridge Commander, which looks great in terms of what a Star Trek is, which is that you and your buddies, four buddies, wear your VR headsets and you all have a station on the bridge, basically. Like, there's an engineer, there's a captain, there's a tactical, and the captain has to issue commands to the other people who do stuff like that, so it's kind of a teamwork-based. That seems oh, sure, fine, sure, yeah. but that really seems like the best you can do with a Star Trek game because so many of them are just, like, shooters and stuff like that, and it's not really what Star Trek, the TV yeah, show, is about. Yeah. So That's it. We're done. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We will be back with the augments, and we'll see you later. <laughs>